Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of It's Worth Living. I just wanted to thank everyone again for joining us on this new episode. As we've shared in the past, um, It's Worth Living would not be possible without you listeners. And so thank you so much for always tuning in. and um, we hope that you all are, are doing okay and, and looking forward um, to the um, next few weeks and also the holidays. Um, as Pete knows, uh, you know, uh, the holidays are coming up and one of the most um, important ones or one of the, the one holiday many people are looking forward to is Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is a time where um, families they sort of come together and, and, and some may uh, try to show off some of their best meals. Mm-hmm. Um, some may just come and participate just to eat. <laughs> um, but most importantly, it's a time where families try to come together and have a good time. And while we know that um, food is usually the main attraction for everyone coming together, um, we wanted to use we wanted to start this episode or have this episode by sharing. Um, while food is important, it's also important to also. Um, keep in mind what we put in our bodies and um, what it can um, can do um, when we put the right things in. And so today we actually have a guest with us, Miss um, Elena. Miss um, Elena is a um, uh, a foodie, so to speak, if I can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, not only is she a foodie, but she's one that's conscious about what she puts in her body and um, follows a plant based diet. Um, and so I wanted to introduce uh, Elena with us today. Um, when I spoke to uh, Elena, Pete, um, a few weeks ago, I, I followed her on Instagram. And I said, wow, you know, um, just looking at all the different things that she had um, put on her, her page, I found it very interesting, especially when it dealt with food and how she was able to share um, um, what, why she prepares the food that she makes and what it does. It wasn't just to prepare, but there was meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. And um, so with further ado, without going too much into detail, I prefer every one of our listeners to hear uh, Miss Elena. So Miss Elena, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's so nice to meet both of you and to be a part of um, your episode today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now to to get started, I, I know just to give the audience a an idea of who you are and where they can follow you to and, and you know I know a lot of people want to do it at the end but just uh, you know because sometimes I'm listening to an episode of something and then they tell me who and I start googling or looking at Instagram right away before I even finish with the episode so how about you start by telling us uh who you are how that people can can find you and you know and go from there Sure. So I'm Elena Elder Correa, and um, I have an Instagram page called Plant Based SDA. That's all one smushed together word, no uh, hyphens or spaces. So Plant Based SDA. Uh, if you're not on Instagram, you can also email me, and I have the email is plantbasedsda at gmail.com. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, Miss Elena, um, as we begin our episode, just wanted to, um, while Thanksgiving is coming up, I wanted to just um, ask you a question in regards to your journey uh, on a plant-based um, 
your plant-based journey, what was it that attracted you to it? Um, what made you make this? What, what was it that, that, made, that allowed you to make the decision to go in that direction of plant-based? Sure. Well, I mean, it kind of, kind of starts when I was a child. Um, my parents became Seventh-day Adventists when I was a pretty young child. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're not familiar that it does promote a vegetarian lifestyle, not, not everyone is, but mm-hmm. it is kind of promoted. Before that, I ate everything. Mm-hmm. I have clear memories of sneaking ham behind the couch at family parties mm-hmm. because I was a meat eater and I had a very hard time with giving up uh, meat initially. However, uh, once they transitioned us to vegetarian, that was all I really knew growing up. Uh, we were not entirely vegan, vegetarian, but we were close. And I remember as a child, my my extended family was definitely not uh, vegetarian. And I remember struggling with feeling kind of odd a lot and strange. Uh, I'm, I remember going to visit family in Ohio and I kid you not, we would go to this restaurant there and the waitress would yell out, the vegetarians from Michigan are here. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was sometimes uh, hard as a child feeling a little different. I think it's way more common and accepted now. Um, and there are just so many more options out there. So that's kind of how I grew up. However, um, after I went to college, I ended up getting married. My husband's from Brazil. And if you're not familiar, uh, meat is a big part of Brazilian culture. And so he was not a vegetarian when we met. And I I think my cooking and eating habits changed a little bit at that time. I definitely uh, started eating some meats here and there and a lot more animal products in general and just not not eating always the greatest. Um, And at that time, I was also in grad school out in Maryland. And it was just a really busy, stressful kind of time in our lives. And I, I really wasn't taking the greatest care of myself. So then fast forward, we ended up having our first daughter. I have three daughters and the first one in 2013. And something about having a little, a little child that, you know, looks up to you and um, that you, you become more aware of your habits, I think, in every aspect of your life. And I started thinking about you know, just the way we were eating and, and wanting something more akin to how I grew up for our daughter. And so it was around that time that I began transitioning to more of a whole foods diet. I was not entirely plant-based at that point, but I really got rid of a lot of the processed foods and uh, put a huge emphasis on vegetables and getting more, you know, fresh produce into our diet and just eating foods in their whole form, um, more, more so. And so after that point in time, I saw a huge change in my health. Um, I'd say we were probably 80% plant-based at that point. And I, I saw my cholesterol drop 80 points naturally without medication. So it went from, it was up to almost 220 probably, which hard to uh, think about now, but I got it down to 130s, you know, 120s even sometimes. So I saw a big change in my health there. I lost weight. 
um, I just felt better. And um, that's kind of what sparked the change in me as an adult, because it's one thing when you're a child and you don't have the choice. Uh, it's another thing when you kind of make the efforts and, and make that change yourself as an adult. And so that was kind of the spark. And then over time, we moved back to Michigan after we had our second daughter. And that's when I really started getting more interested in just the, the whole foods plant-based diet, which you do hear more of these days. And I remember a really good friend of mine gifted me the book, How Not to Die, which a lot of people have probably heard of. It's a bestseller uh, by Dr. Michael Greger. So that was the first book that I read by a whole foods plant-based doctor. And I thought, wow, as I was reading it, I've read a lot of books on health and wellness and diet, uh, not dieting, but on um, how we eat and treat our bodies. And that was the first time that I felt like, wow, this is really in line with what I think. And I think this is kind of where I want to go with our uh, lifestyle. But it was a slow process. And I really want to emphasize that because some people might see the kinds of recipes I post and think, oh, I could never do that. Mm -hmm. Well, I can tell you for sure that there was a time that I thought I could never live without cheese. All right. I thought that would be impossible to give up cheese. I loved cheese. I I'm fine with a lot of the other <laughs> vegan products, but that is one that I have struggled with. And so I really want to emphasize that it's okay. If you're interested in, in kind of moving toward more plant-based, it's okay. If it takes time, mm -hmm. um, get your feet wet, start, learning some new recipes, um, start reading. That really helped me. I'm I, from there. I went into a lot of other books. My daughter teases me because she goes, all you ever order are health books, but, <laughs> but I, I really feel like that's how you learn. And so, um, I got into listening to some podcasts on plant-based, um, diet. I love the one called the exam room. It's done by the physicians committee for responsible medicine and Chuck Carroll, the weight loss champion. And that one is fantastic just for learning and getting more information because for me, it was when I learned, uh, kind of what some of these foods are doing to our bodies and our brains that it became more compelling for me. And uh, so I would say that's the kind of a, a short version of how I came to this way of eating. And then as far as my Instagram page goes, I just felt like, you know, I love to cook. I'm not an expert in anything. I'm not a, a dietitian or a doctor or anything, but I love to cook. And I feel like there's a lot you can do to make foods um more plant-based and, and use more whole foods and still make it taste really good. Because as that kid back in the nineties who was eating vegan, boy, there was just not as much around back then. My poor mother was trying to figure out this new way of, of eating. And, you know, there weren't as many great cookbooks. There weren't the resources that we have now. And so I want to help, you know, provide another resource for people and also just encouragement because as I said, you know, it's kind of a journey and, and I really just want to see people getting more plants into their life, um, into their lifestyles and, and realizing that it doesn't have to be super 
difficult. And one thing I, I want to focus on is that it can be an addition process. So instead of thinking, I have to take so much out of my life, I have to get rid of all these foods at once, think about what can I add in to what I'm already eating, you know, a, a new recipe into your rotation that is maybe plant-based and, and go from there and see how you like it and then maybe try another one, so. I'm glad you said, uh, you know, in addition, adding to your lifestyle as opposed to changing because a lot of people, they want the change, but the, big, the biggest problem is making a sudden change. Mm -hmm. And people, a lot of people don't like the sudden changes. And for that reason, they stick to whatever, uh, whatever they're doing, even if it's not working for them. So it's good to know that, okay, yeah, as you add new things into your life, the things that are not good will slowly go away. That, and then um, by the time you make the, a complete change, you won't even realize that, you know, you made a, a chance, a big chance. So that, that, that was, that's a good point to touch on. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah it was years long process for me. Good. Yeah. I mean, and the thing too, a lot of people feel like, okay, it has something, it has to be something that's done overnight or, or within this year, I'm going to be completely vegan. I know people who have started the process over, over time. It takes them like two, three years. And by the time they, they just feel better for it and changes right. will start being, you know, happen in your life as you slowly uh, add new things as opposed to, you know, overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's key because back in 2013, when I really like turned my health around, it wasn't like an immediate change where everything was perfect. I definitely had some backtracking after that and, you know, having these kind of ups and downs and stuff. But if I look back now at myself 10 years ago, and then now mm -hmm. I can see the progress, even though it was slow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There were some key points that you made too um, when you shared um, in regards to how you were able to, to bring down or decrease your cholesterol. Sure. You know, and um, how, as you said, the transition was made and, 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 and um, listening to different podcasts and reading different books. And now that we're coming into Thanksgiving, which is, you know, in a few days and people are preparing. And as we, you know, you shared too, so many people, it's difficult for them to, um, get away from some of the habits or some of the food that they're used to, especially during Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. the heavy starches or the meats. Um, so with your experience and in, in, in the time that you have um, um, uh, followed or, or, or continued in the plant-based diet, um, what are some things that you, you know, you can share with some of our listeners who um, may have some of those um, thoughts? Well, you know, I know if I eat this, there's some things that may happen, cholesterol, I have diabetes, or, you know, some of these different things, or let's say, for example, there's so many that still want to eat their meat, but they want to try something new or add a plant-based dish um, to their Thanksgiving uh, uh, um, dinner uh, or, or plates, you know, whether it's with their family, whether it's to bring to um, another location. So what are some tips that you would share or what's something that you'd like to share for our listeners? Sure. Uh, well, the first thing I'd say is, you know, I completely understand the difficulty um, in this situation. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday by far, always has been. And we always have it with family and we have a lot of mixed eaters. So people, we have, um, you know, the turkeys there, you got um, all kinds of foods that contain, you know, butter and milk and all of those things. So, uh, the first suggestion I would, I would have is 
that if you're going to a Thanksgiving dinner and you're bringing something, bring something that you think is a little healthier. Cause then, you know, I brought one or two things that I know I feel good about eating. And, and as I said, and there are definitely different um, thoughts on this uh, lines of thought thinking on this, but I am not a, an all or nothing person, like hundred percent, you have to go. And if there's milk in the mashed potatoes, you're not eating that, you know, mm-hmm. I think rather than feel like I can't have any of, of the foods that I'm used to, maybe just bring several op- items or even ask, you know, mom or grandma, Hey, would you be willing to make this like a, a salad, for example, or like a wild rice stuffing, you know, something like that. It has more fiber. It has more nutrients than just a bread stuffing, for example. And, um, and then, you know, you have a couple of options at least that, um, are going to be on the healthier side on your plate and it won't just be you know a big beige plate of of like you said the fat and the yep. and the starchy foods only uh so that's one tip uh if grandma and mom don't want to make anything new that's okay you know uh like i said just bring bring a couple things yourself but we try at my family and and even my uh, family members who come who are meat eaters, um, they're pretty open to to bringing a few new things into the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have on my Instagram page quite a few recipes that are suitable to Thanksgiving. One that I love is uh, is like a, a squash ring. It's I use delicata or acorn squash that you cut in rings and then it's got a stuffing that has quinoa and um, cranberry and sage and walnut and different flavors that are those kind of flavors you expect from Thanksgiving, but it's definitely lighter. And uh, I mean, I think it tastes delicious and it's also very pretty and festive looking. So bringing something fresh and beautiful like that to the to the table at Thanksgiving, you know, people are going to be more open to trying it and don't say, oh, this is my vegan food that I brought. Don't even tell them it's vegan. I make stuff all the time and I don't say, oh, this is my whole foods plant-based or vegan this. I just make it and people try it and they think, oh, that's really good. What did you put in that? Mm -hmm. Uh, I make a pumpkin tart, for example, that's really on the healthier side and um you know it's sweetened with maple syrup and it has uh, cashew in it and it is so good i am i'm serious it is so good and people would never know so there there are ways you know to to kind of bring it in and introduce new things to your family and still feel good about it and not feel like you know that that uh days that you sometimes get into after thanksgiving dinner yeah, I, I know some, uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, times when people eat after Thanksgiving, they're basically slouch and all done. But uh, actually, I wanted to bring I, I just met a patient yesterday, mm-hmm. um, young 25-year-old, and, you know, she, you know, she was there to, to, because she's sick, obviously. But the point was, we got into this conversation about her Thanksgiving. So, you know, she's like, oh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? I'm like, oh, I'm going up north to, to, to see. I'm going to yeah to New York to see my 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 siblings and stuff you know things like that, and then Mike so what about you? Well, we're not having Thanksgiving this time. What happened? Well, you know for the past 25 years, as long as she can remember, it's the same thing over and over. 
She's been wanting to change her diet even in the past couple of years, but she hasn't been able to because her family does the same thing over and over. <laughs> so she, she decided, oh, they're not just not going to do anything. So I gave her a couple of pointers, a couple of things to do, but I'm, I'm sure she would be more um, like, and I give her the podcast information because we've talked about food before. And I, so I'm sure she's, she's going to be looking for this episode. Uh, so what would you say they can do to make still have a family gathering mm-hmm. without the same old thing? I mean, when we say same old, like the typical, um, you know, Thanksgiving food, because I never thought about it until she said that. I didn't know Thanksgiving had specific food, like the mm-hmm. whole stuffing thing. We don't eat it every day, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so... So like the the the, the cranberry yeah. sauce. Yeah, I mean you could have apparently, but it's a Thanksgiving thing. I didn't realize sure. that until you know she pointed out. So I'm like, oh, so she's trying to get away from that thing. And if she wants to be the one to do a lot of the cooking and stuff, what would you say she can do to have a full table, still have a family feel something? Oh, this is new and different and still tasty. Because I'm, I'm, of course, I'm gonna, you know, she's gonna see your um, your web, your link and all that stuff in this uh, episode. But if, while she's listening, what would you say is a good idea to put her on the table and get her family? Sure, I mean, obviously it's easier if you can host because you will have more control over what goes on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be too pushy about what you, let your guests bring just because you want to remember the spirit of thanksgiving too mm-hmm. you don't want it to just be oh you know you can't attend unless you bring what i want <laughs> uh, so that's where again it goes back to you and what you can make so i mean there are there are lots of good things you can still make mashed potatoes you don't have to put a pound of butter in it to make good mashed potatoes i have a mashed potato recipe on my page that uses uh, roasted garlic and cashew cream. And it still has a little bit of fat from the cashews, but it's much lighter and it still has that really creamy mashed potato taste. And I think the roasted garlic helps a lot. Looking for flavor in other, um, in other from other sources and not just that, oh, the heavy cream, the butter, you know, that you have. Another tip, um, if you're making something like stuffing, you know, you can reduce the oil that you put into it or use vegetable stock instead of chicken stock if you're wanting to go more plant-based. Uh, I use a lot of vegetable stock. I even make it myself out of kitchen scraps like onion peels and ends of celery and things like that. Um, so adding in that, um, for gravy, I make a really good mushroom gravy that's blended. So even if you have someone that's not wild about mushrooms, they may not even realize that there's mushrooms in there, uh, when it's blended, uh, or onions. Cause I have one daughter who's funny about onions, but she loves that gravy cause it's blended up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can find quite a few different kinds of main courses. Now, if you have someone that's used to mac and cheese, you're not gonna probably fool them with vegan mac and cheese on your table, Um, but you can still offer that and people can kind of pick and choose uh, what they're interested in there. Uh, I would just really focus in on getting those Thanksgiving flavors into your foods while lightening it up, okay? So like I said, if you're used to things, flavors like cranberry, cranberry sauce, doesn't have to be bad for you. Actually, my family always makes cranberry salsa 
every year. And it is my favorite thing at Thanksgiving. It has like onion and cilantro and jalapeno in it, but it is so good. Um, and that is pretty healthy for you. Uh, you can do focus in on all those veggie sides, do like some really nice blanched green beans with toasted almonds and cranberries in it. Uh, you can do like a really nice, I do a roasted Brussels sprout with a balsamic maple syrup glaze on them. Uh, so getting a lot more veggies in there, then if you still have those kind of traditional um, foods that maybe your mom or grandma makes, maybe have just a little bit of that and have you know, half your plate or more of those vegetables is going to go a long way in lightening up that meal. Sounds great. Now, I'm so happy that, because I, you know, as you were speaking of all the different ingredients, I pictured in my mind, you know, Peter, just, you know, you know, this Elena, just thinking in my head, wow, you know, not only does it sound good, but you can almost taste it. <laughs> Food, yeah. You know, you can taste it. I'm so happy that you were able to explain it because oftentimes when people hear plant-based, they always think it's just salad or quote unquote grass. <laughs> that's what you always hear. Several people have told me they don't eat rabbit food. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, if you don't eat vegetables, you know, you do need to think about ways of getting it into your diet. And it can be so good. I'm telling you, when my husband and I got married, he had a list of vegetables that he didn't think that he liked. <laughs> he eats them all now. Yeah. So find new techniques for preparing something. If you've only have ever had boiled Brussels sprouts, think again about how you make them. You know, yeah. roasting vegetables, I'd say is one of the best ways to get people to like them. Um, cauliflower is one that is just so much better roasted with like a little garlic powder and maybe a tiny bit of olive oil. It's just phenomenal. And so thinking about the way that you prepare the foods and adding interest, interesting flavor components that go beyond just the butter and all that, it's going to really help bring flavor and pop to those foods and people will be more interested in trying them. And, and making them look attractive, I think helps, you know, if, if it doesn't look just like this bowl of slop, you know, it's going to be more, more uh, attractive to people and to their palate. I agree with that, especially I mean, personally, if the, if my eyes does not fall along with the food, yeah. it's not going in my mouth, doesn't matter how healthy it is. <laughs> and I've told people several times, why do you think people are so attracted to McDonald's? They have a beautiful commercial, even when they give you the sandwich, it looks nothing like it. <laughs> they just have to get you through the door and that's all it is. So the same thing should be done for when you're trying to eat healthy as well. You present it properly, present it well, and then, you know, people will be more attracted, more inclined to try it. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the questions that I have, right, because we talked about all the side dishes during Thanksgiving. So the main event, when everyone comes into the, into the, you know, to the kitchen or to the dining room, that one piece that sits in the middle, the bird, mm -hmm. that's what everyone looks forward to. Yeah. So what would, you, what, would, what would you suggest? What are some examples that you would um, share with us or our listeners? Um, if, if, if you are transitioning now, you just say, hey, you know what I mean? I want to you know, cut back on the meat, um, but I do want something, uh, uh, some form of a protein to sure. replace it. What would be some of your suggestions or what would you like to share? What can you share with us? Well, if you're really, you know, still into the turkey and you're very used to that, the first thing I would suggest is some kind of mock meat substitute. All right. Because that's going to be, that's going to give you the closest to an actual kind of turkey. Uh, and there are 
so many now, way more than than uh, when I was a child. I know Field Roast has one that's pretty good and it has a stuffing in the center and it's pretty looking on the outside. You know, there's some from Gardein and Tofurky, Whole Foods has some. And so that's one option for you is to do kind of an alter meat alternative um, and have that with the gravy and, the, and the, all of the other sides. Um, but there are lots of other options also. I know you can make kind of like a loaf. Um, a lot of people do that. Um, there's a really good mushroom loaf that Whole Foods actually makes. Um, if you are interested in plant-based Thanksgiving and you have the means, that uh, Whole Foods actually has an entirely vegan Thanksgiving menu that you can order and have brought to your home. Um, and I've had their mushroom loaf that they've had this year and it is so good. So something like that um, is good. I like doing my squash rings with the center because that's a main that I've done many times. And if you use the acorn squash, it's larger. So it's, um, you know, as least as large as the, as your hand. And that's kind of a main course that I've used because the inside of it has a lot of those flavors um, and it has some protein in the form of the quinoa and I use an egg replacement in there. So those are some of the ones I'd suggest. Um, again, if you've been plant-based for a long time, you may not mind not having the turkey, but if you're still in that mode where you expect that turkey on Thanksgiving, then I'd probably suggest starting with one of those uh, meat alternative roasts that they have. And you can make your own. I've seen, um, I've seen many people make like a gluten or seitan it's called, and they've stuffed that and you can slice it and it looks kind of like turkey with the stuffing in the middle. So you can definitely make your own. Uh, one thing I want people to keep in mind is just that plant-based meals can become more labor intensive, um, especially if you're making every single thing from a whole food. And so be mindful of that and don't, uh, don't give yourself a job that's way more than you can handle. All right. So make some of the, the sides a little bit simpler. If you're going to do a main course, that's more involved like that, just because nobody wants to spend the entire day slaving in the kitchen and just standing over the hot stove and not being able to enjoy their family. Another thing too, is just, it's just doing what you can in advance. Um, a lot of things can be made in advance and reheated just before dinner. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> thank you for sharing that too, uh, Elena. And so um, the next question I know with, with adults, it can be a little bit simpler. What about children? Because, you know, oftentimes we're, you know, with, with, with parents, mm -hmm. you know, we have children and you want it to be, um, yeah, you want it to be fun and you want them to, to enjoy it. And they have to start off, as you said, with visual. It has to be uh, um, taste from, you know, they have to look at it and say, okay, man, I'd like to try it. So um, in your home and with others that you may know, what has been um, the easiest route or what has helped a lot when um, trying to have children um, try something, especially something that's plant-based on the table? Sure. Well, as I said, I have three daughters. They're three, six, and eight. And so I definitely have experienced this <laughs> and, uh, the number one thing that I number one suggestion I have is consistency. All right. If you don't want to have your children grow up to be picky eaters, 
It helps if you start from the beginning. Now, if you haven't started from the beginning, that doesn't mean that there's not hope. Mm -hmm. Right. But you have to try uh, having your children continue to try new things. So this is something I tell parents a lot. It takes science. Scientists have found that it takes 10 to 15 times of trying a new food for a child to accept it, or it can take 10 to 15 times. But how often do you see parents you know, they maybe give their child strawberries. I actually had a child that initially said she didn't like strawberries, mm-hmm. but uh, she give them strawberries two or three times. They end up on the floor every time. And so you think my child doesn't like strawberries, so I'm just going to stop offering them. And mm-hmm. that's a mistake. All right. You need to keep offering them. And I am a I'm a stickler in this. <laughs> I really believe that you need to make your children try something. All right. Um, I think as a parent, you have the ability to say, you know what, if you need to at least eat this amount of, of that food. Um, and, you know, I, my kids have one or two things that, that aren't their favorites. As I said, I have a, a one daughter who doesn't love onions but she doesn't notice them as much if they're kind of concealed. So that's another tip, you know, conceal them and things. Uh, You can blend onions, you know, cook onions up and then blend them and put them in the food. Because guess what? Most of the time they don't have a problem with the flavor, it's the texture. So if you can get it in that way, that's another um, option for you. Um, I think if you have friends with children that are really good eaters, bring them around your kids. All right. I, um, I've seen that many times where that kind of positive peer pressure can work towards helping your child want to try it. Another thing that's really helped us is gardening. So if you can grow some things and you don't have to have a lot of space, you can do container gardens on your porch, um, or just put a few vegetables into your landscape children love to be involved in the process. So if you can get them involved in growing the food, they are going to be more likely to eat it. All right. My girls love going out and harvesting from our garden this year. And, you know, I really, it's really funny, but kids eat almost anything when they're outside because my daughter who thinks she doesn't like onions is always eating my chives. So I don't really understand that, but, um, they, they really like that. And so the same thing goes in the kitchen, get them involved because guess what? If they were making that food, they're going to be more likely to try it and be more open-minded to that. And it's a process. So have patience, give yourself grace and your child grace. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. They may have some things that they're just not wild about, but they can incorporate other things. So for example, if you are, have, you know, a daughter or a son that doesn't like broccoli, maybe give them the option of green beans that night, you know, get them something healthy into their bodies because they may not always not like broccoli, you know, that can change. And taste buds really do change over time. A lot of times, I think it's after age seven or so that that's where like the peak of pickiness kind of is. So then they kind of can have that downturn and really become more open-minded to foods again. The other tip, I have a lot of tips in this department, uh, is something I really care about is having, you know, good, good eaters, uh, is lead by example. All right. If you're, 
if you or your spouse is sitting there refusing to eat foods, guess what? Your kids are going to see that and they're going to notice they don't miss anything. So if you can, you know, model healthy eating habits, you know, eating a wide variety of foods and say, you know what? Kale might not be my favorite, but it's good for me. So I'm going to eat some, you know, and, and, and that can go a long way too, just really leading by example. Cause if you're refusing the foods, it's not going to make sense to your child why they have to eat those foods, you know? So, and, and then back to the concealing one, there's so many ways to get produce into your child while they're maybe going in the depths of those picky phases. You know, if you're making mac and cheese, you can blend up some vegetables and put it into the sauce. If you're making a smoothie, you can conceal quite a few things in smoothies. Mm -hmm. uh, spinach especially has hardly any taste if you put spinach in a smoothie. Um, and another one like cauliflower, you can put cauliflower, like frozen riced cauliflower, I put in smoothies all the time. Avocado is another one that I put in smoothies. So my youngest, who's three, is just starting to eat salads and things like that. So she got most of her greens through smoothies up until now. So that's just a few things. I probably have others, but. Oh, that was very, very helpful because I know some, and that's <clears throat> the last thing I, I, I like um, when, when parents say, oh, my kid doesn't like this food, therefore. I mean, this is good for them. And I understand some people might not like the taste of it, but you kind of need to eat it. This is, you know, find a way. And I like that you have so many tips because I'm sure a lot of these parents will, be, will find them very helpful because um, the idea of bringing your kid to the hospital and just to know that this kid has never drank water because they don't like water. Uh, mm -hmm. This kid never haven't had greens in days because they don't like green stuff. I mean, it's just, you know, to me, it's ridiculous for you to, your kid should not be sick for nutrition, you know, especially if you have the, if you, you know, we're not talking about homeless, we're talking about people with, with the means, right. because the kid doesn't like it. That's why they don't force them to, or find a way for them to actually get it. So. Sure. And Pete, just building on that, I think that's where it's important that when you serve your meals, that's the meal. Mm -hmm. A lot of times nowadays, parents are serving their children a separate meal. I don't believe in that. And I think that you have a meal and if you don't want to eat that much of it, you're going to eat part of it. You know, maybe you have three items at the meal, you're going to eat part of that, but that's your meal. And guess what? They're going to get hungry enough to start eating their food. Exactly. So if you're going to give them the option of chicken nuggets and mac and cheese, instead of whatever you're eating, they're going to probably take that option. So I really believe like going back to kind of the way our grandparents often ate, like you had family dinner at the table and everyone ate the same meal. Yeah. And I really believe, you know, trying to get back to that is important. Definitely. And like, you know, even with the tip that you just shared, Elena, I think it's, it's you know, those tips are, aren't only helpful for, for some of our children, but I'm sure a lot of adults can benefit from some of those tips as well. Oh, so yeah. oh yeah grown-ups uh, we're talking about um uh grown a grown person in their 30s who comes to the hospital you ask uh you know their symptoms sound like they're dehydrated okay the, the headache and discomfort and all that stuff and you ask them what was last time you drink water <laughs> uh i don't know i don't drink water it makes me gag 
Find a way, get some water in your system. We're not talking about, you're not two, three, four years old, okay? You are 30 something, come on, come on. Do some, like find a way to get the liquid, I mean, not just liquid, water in your system. Because sure. it, it, it is, your body is what, 70, 70% water, but yet you don't wanna, you're using the bathroom, but then you're not putting in, what do you think is gonna happen? Right. And that's where I think if you can do some, if you, you have to have a desire, I guess, Mm. but if you do the research and really start learning about what those other drinks you're probably drinking instead of water are doing in your body, you know, that can help, I think, show, you know, maybe I don't want that fueling my body all the time. Yeah. I mean, you're right, you know, for some people, but the other half, they just call it the Coca-Cola an addiction and they are, they have no turning back. They don't want to do it because they, to them, they're healthy because they seem slim and, you know, or, and they haven't had to go to the doctor for a while. Mm-hmm. Some people, they, to them, that's not, uh, that's not what, what matters right now, getting water in the system. Maybe until they have to have an open heart surgery, then they might seem a little more serious. But right. it's unfortunate how people have to, you know, be in a bad situation in order to learn. Sure. And it's absolutely true what you said about the addictive quality of foods, because there is so much on that subject. And, you know, I've, I love uh, reading the books and listening to the lectures from Dr. Neil Barnard from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Uh, if you ever look up some of his lectures, he talks about some of the food addiction. And it's very interesting to find out what's happening in your brain, even just eating cheese. It's very interesting because uh, of something called casomorphines that's in dairy that is highly addictive. And so um, you're absolutely right there that it's not always just so simple as saying, I'm not going to drink Coke anymore. I'm just going to drink water. And, um, and that's where, you know, sometimes you might need a little more outside help and getting through that. And, you know, I mentioned earlier the exam room podcast, but Chuck, Chuck Carroll, who hosts that has a really amazing story about, and just a huge weight loss. He was on a, on track to uh, not living much longer and had major food addiction. And so that's someone I would recommend on kind of looking up his story on how he overcame food addiction, because he was, he had his nightly Taco Bell run and he could not break free from that but now he's healthy and, you know, has no weight problem anymore. And so it can be done, but it, it is hard. And some of those, you know, are processed foods are especially addictive. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to, even with, even the process, it's also important for even those that are either transitioning or even um, currently on the journey to plant-based being very careful mm-hmm. with the process and eating more whole foods, because, you know, some of the um, items can be addictive as well um and so it's very careful to read the ingredients and follow others um um, to get more information in regards to a healthier way of living sure yeah i mean hopefully our audience really appreciate this this episode because it is it is very important not just you know to change to you know to have a healthy lifestyle but to you know at least help those people around you because i know uh, with Thanksgiving coming up, a lot of people are doing research on what to cook. So if they come across this podcast and, and come across your your um, uh, Instagram page and able to find new things to really put on the table, it will be something that at least help them, uh, you know, at least add something new and different. And maybe they'll stick with it. You never know. I never really push anybody to do anything they don't want to do. 
but if they know that they need the they need the help or the and they need uh, something a different path we'll try to see if we can put that path in their path hopefully it helps out yeah, sure. Is there anything else you want to point out to the audience before we close out? Well, just my main thing is I, I just want to see people making the effort to try to get more plants in. As I said, it's about addition, not subtraction. So uh, don't if you're if you're approaching this or you're thinking about getting uh, more plant-based, try to take the pressure off yourself a little bit and don't make it an all or nothing thing where you have to have it all done, especially in the new year. I think people do that a lot. Like a lot of people do vegan January, veganuary. Yeah. <laughs> I did that for years. And then I go right back to eating dairy and eggs yeah. and all that. Yeah. Um, so, so take the pressure, be, be kind to yourself and try to start just being kinder to your body in the process but being open-minded to trying some new things and getting some new um, just ideas and recipes into your rotation, I think can go a long way. And then, and then as you do that, just starting to learn more um, and really educate yourself on, on the foods that you're eating. Um, so that would be my advice. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Man, you know, we, honestly, Elena, we can sit here and just listen to you on and on. You mm -hmm. shared so much information mm -hmm. and we hope that this won't be the last, you know, hopefully you, you know, we can have you on here again. Um, maybe, maybe we need to do a, 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 you know, one of those episodes where we show people prepare meals, a mm -hmm. simple meal. Maybe we need to do that one, you know, cause I'm sure our guests would want to definitely see you, you know, um, listen to you back on our podcast. And I'm sure many of our listeners will go into your Instagram page, plant-based SDA as you mentioned, and sort of see, you know, some of the um, different meals that you've prepared. And I like the fact that you've also included the ingredients, mm -hmm. which right. is also a plus. So it makes it a little easier because I might have to borrow some of yours this Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, I have to go, you know, with, with family members that I'll be visiting with this year. But um, we, we, we truly appreciate you being here with us. Um, and, and I hope that you and your family um, enjoy this Thanksgiving. Um, and um, continue to do what you're doing as far as sharing. Um, it's important to share with others the importance of health and we can still eat and have fun, mm -hmm. um, whether it's Thanksgiving or any other holiday, mm -hmm. or even if it's just a regular day. Um, but just make sure to just take time to put in the whole foods in our bodies mm -hmm. because we, we, we wanna make sure that we're not only are we living, but we're living healthy. Yeah, yeah. So, I also yeah. wanna thank you, Elena, and you know, we, and like, like he said, maybe one of these days we'll have you again because we've had a lot of um, audience members asking for um, for our guests to come back because they've enjoyed the episode with them. So, so just keep in mind we might have to call on you again. Yeah. All right, no problem. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Sounds good. And as usual, I want to remind remind all our, our audience members. I am remarkably made. You are remarkably made. We all remarkably made. And therefore, it's worth living.